Hey guys, I know I'm biased because I wrote these books, but if you're sitting there and you're getting ready to listen to this episode and you're thinking, when this episode's over, what am I going to do? Well, I'm looking for a book to read. I want to laugh out loud. I want to piss my pants while I'm sitting on the sofa. I got you covered. The Flight Attendant Joe series. Fasten your seatbelts and eat your fucking nuts. Flight Attendant Joe and I'm Just Here for the Layovers, all available on Amazon, iTunes, Nook, and Kobo. My recommendation is once this episode's over, you want to continue the laughter, go purchase the ebook or the paperback, and you will be laughing your ass off, I promise. guys, and welcome back to episode two of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe. I am your host, of course, Flight Attendant Joe, and today's episode is going to be amazing. I am very nervous about having this guest on because I'm a huge fan of his. I think he's brilliant. I think he's creative. I think he's so talented. I have to make sure I get this interview right. Today, we have Calvin Joshua on. If you don't know who Calvin Joshua is, he is a musician who came out on July 15th, 2019 with his own album of all original music called Jump Seat T. If that doesn't ring a bell, he's come out with songs titled Nobody Passes, 30 Second Review, Thank You FMLA, and Ain't Retiring. I want you all to give a great round of applause for my guest today, Calvin Joshua. Welcome, Calvin. Now, is it Calvin? Is it Joshua? Is it Josh? How, what should I do? How should I, how should I call you? That's funny you ask. I tell people all the time, it's Calvin Joshua. Um, and I tell people pick one or the other or use both. Okay. So my parents called me Joshua growing up. And when I got into middle school, I was like, I want to be taken more seriously. Calvin is a serious name. And so I told everyone from middle school onward to call me Calvin. And then in college, I was like, but I like Joshua too. So I tell people I'm Calvin Joshua. And it kind of just became a thing. Cause it's two first names. It kind of is. So my dad is Calvin as well, but he's Calvin Woodrow. And so my mom gave me Joshua, which I thought was really good. You know, it's a good Bible name. And I, I love that name as well. But, you know, to say Calvin Joshua really does, uh, it, it just feels kind of unique to me. You know, I have a really good Bible name, even though I'm the worst heathen on the planet. <laughs> like, you can't get, like, it's either Jesus or Joseph. And I got Joseph. I don't know. I think my mo- I think my mother knew, like, when I came out, and I started screaming. She was like, I better give him a holy name because this little devil is going to stress <laughs> me out. And I did. So it didn't oh, work, Mom. Man. I love you to death. So I might be bouncing back and forth from Calvin, Joshua. I may even call you 8-Pack because I was stalking you on Instagram and I saw you with your shirt off. <laughs> Those and- are old photos. Those were old that was an old person. Oh, no. That's so funny. I had to count them. I was like, one, two, three, four, five. I counted. <laughs> I was like, how high can I go? I'll probably say I love you a thousand times on this, on this podcast because I, I think you are one of the most creative and brilliant creative people I have ever been encountered with. And let me explain to you. So back in March, I got this text from a good friend of mine. Her name is Dee. She used to be an admin assistant Um where I was based. And she sent me this text with this YouTube link. And when I turned it on, this is the song that was playing. I'm going to play you a clip. I'm so glad I got a FMLA. No points. I sing along. I can't help it. I spend more time with my friends. I ain't worried about nothing. 
party till 2 a.m. Don't worry, I won't play then the whole song. Then go call out for something. I know they think I call out too much, but what they gon' do? You are the savviest dude. Now, let me ask you. (laughs) When I first heard that, I was rolling on the floor because two things. I used to be a a flight attendant supervisor, so I understand the whole FMLA thing. And I used to have FMLA because I suffer from gout. And when it wasn't taken care of, I would have to call in and I would have to use FMLA. Mm -hmm. What inspired you to write this song. You're going to be so mad. This is, it was um, New Year's Eve of 2018. And I was flying with this one girl that um, is in one of my music videos, Natalia. And she and I just so happened to be working this New Year's Eve trip to Mexico City. And, you know, out of nowhere, I just started singing these lyrics, um, which typically happens for me sometimes. I just have something that pops in my head and I just start singing it out loud and it's just there. And she and I are cracking up hysterically in the galley as, you know, just, I'm just singing the song out loud. And she's like, that's really funny. You should go ahead and make it. And I was like, I'll get in trouble. The company's going to hate me for this, you know, because it's, it's, it's a legitimate program. And, and I have it as well. I know a lot of people who have it for the sake of like, when, especially in our industry, you know, we don't have the luxury of being sick and then going home for the day. Like, you know, we're gone for days at a time. So if you're sick, you're carrying that with you. Right. And, um, but one of the things I thought was hilarious is that I know people who abuse said protective, you know, um, uh, something that, you know, it's something that's for us to protect us. And it's funny to me when you hear people who are like, Oh yeah, you know, I'm gonna go to the club tonight and then I'm gonna use my FMLA tomorrow because that trip is not worth it, you know? And you're just like, really? You can't just be doing that. And so, no, um, but it's rampant. It is. And so many people obviously, you know, take advantage of something that is there for a lot of us to protect ourselves, protect our jobs so we can take care of our health. And, um, but it made me laugh when I realized like it just fit with the song. Like it just, it just clicked with it and it just made sense. It was funny to me. Um, and I know a lot of people just could relate to it because, you know, for a lot, especially in our company, I mean, a lot of people are doing this new point policy thing and they're, uh, uh, you know, it's causing people to, to be on high alert. Um, but here's the way around it, you know, and it just, it made me laugh. It just really made me laugh because it made sense. So you were laughing before you even put the lyrics to the music. I tend to laugh at myself a lot. Let's just put it that way. I will make myself laugh before anyone else around me is laughing. So I typically look crazy before (laughs) other people catch the joke. (laughs) Now, um, I understand that FMLA is important. And like I said, I had it. I know a lot of people that have it. But I do believe there's a high percentage of flight attendants, they abuse FMLA more than than homeless people abuse heroin. I think... (laughs) I think FMLA and heroin are, are like, we should have like a governmental, like we need Nancy Reagan back. Like never mind about drugs, never mind about drugs. We need to get somebody to fix this. I was working for, let me share something. I know this is about you, but I have to share this story because you were talking about, um, the abuse. And I was working this trip with this one girl. She was a train wreck. I'm, I mean, she was a huge train wreck. And on the last day we were doing like one leg before we had to do a flight across the country. And she's like, I don't think I want to do this. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like we were five seconds from 
boarding. And she's like, yeah, I don't think I'm feeling this. And I'm like, feeling what? You got to go to the bathroom? Like what? Did you eat chicken wings and you don't feel good? What aren't you finished? She goes, oh, I just got some bad news. I don't think I could do this. Oh my gosh. So I was like, well, you got to figure something out. So this bitch, she calls in <laughs> FMLA five seconds, five seconds before we start boarding. She goes in the lab oh, and no. she's like, I'm sick. Right. And I'm thinking, bitch, now we got to wait two hours for someone. And if I miss my commute home, oh no, I will track you down and I will stab you. So <laughs> fast forward to this bitch is in two E dead heading back to base while I'm in the front galley, giving her dirty looks. Oh, she was like, can I got a Coke? I was like, no. Oh my goodness. I was so mad. Oh man. Now, do you think that FMLA, cause you know, of course you're a flight. How long have you been a flight attendant? So I started in 2014. First, first time. And yeah, 2014. So, so almost six years. Six years. Well, congratulations on that. I just um, celebrated my 12th year. Congratulations. Oh, so oh. you're basically twice my, twice my age and, Fight years, fight service. Did you say I'm twice your age, you bitch? How old do you think I am? <laughs> I wasn't going to ask flight you how old you are. Flight service. Oh my god. <laughs> so, do you think? Do you believe that FMLA causes causes a strife between flight attendants who have it and who don't have it? Here's what I think. I think that there are people who know others who have it and use it, and others who abuse it. It's personal. It's just like anything else, like a sick call. It's like it's personal. It's no one's business why someone is using it. Um, I do know that in our industry, which is extremely volatile, which requires all hands on deck at times, especially during um, operational meltdowns, you know, people, we expect each other to be present um, and to show up and do the job. No one wants to have to like be burdened by a delay caused by someone not showing up to work. Right. Right. But the fact of the matter is like, it's there, it's in place, it's federally protected and people who do need it and can get a doctor's approval for it obviously have it for the reasons that they have it. Now, we do know that there are some people out there who somehow manage to find Dr. Joe Schmo on the corner of X and Y who can give them FMLA for basically being, you know, existing around dirt. So it's like, you know, those people, you, you figure like, wow, like, what's your whole goal? What's your aim? But that's few and far between. Um, but once people have it, how they tend to use it to me is kind of the same way they tend to use a sick call. Sometimes people call off sick because they have things they need to take care of and they can't seem to get out of work. So it's just, I think it's just people find ways to manipulate the system and find the loopholes in, in the system. And I agree with that. I think that people are always going to find a way to screw over the system, right? What I have they make a, it work for themselves. Right. What I have a problem with is when they're so adamantly cocky about it in the game, like oh, like you said, like, oh I I'm at the club tonight. I'm just gonna use FMLA tomorrow because that trip sucks. And that's exactly where the song came from. It was that same concept of like, you know, the person who they know that they have this protection, but to them it's more of a license. You know, it's like, oh, I got my license to go do whatever the F I want now. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's not how this works. Right. Like, I worked with one girl who had FMLA because she had hangnails. (laughs) I said, I haven't had a pedicure in two months. Do I qualify? (laughs) I said, how do you have FMLA? Because they get infected. I was like. I'm going to need you to go to the other galley because I'm, I'm, I'm going to take this cart and I'm going to show you a hangnail. But if you could say now, if you could tell people 
one thing about FMLA, like who has FMLA, who's cocky about it? Would you, what would you tell them? Like if you could pull somebody keep, aside keep and be it like. To yourself. Keep it. That's what I feel about a lot of things though, you know, especially with, with younger flight attendants who they want to flex for the gram. They want to show off. They want to tell everybody about their business. Your business doesn't belong to everybody. Keep your business to yourself. If you've got something like FMLA, you know, don't tell everybody that's no one's business because someone might find out who might be jealous of you or frustrated with you or disappointed in the way your work ethic is for better or for worse. And they'll report you. And next thing you know, you're in the office explaining to both your supervisor and somebody else why you were using FMLA so that you can call out sick for not the reasons you have FMLA for Like keep your business to yourself. If you want a million dollars today, are you really going to tell everybody your business? No, right. no. Tell everybody you want a million dollars because then the going to be at your door <laughs> trying to get in and get that million dollars. Like, right. no, don't tell everybody your business. Keep your keep your private business private. Exactly. And you know what? It would probably help with people who get frustrated with other people who have FMLA in the work environment. Exactly. And in buying that, also, it'll also reduce people's knowledge of whether or not it's, you know, because again, it's no one's business. It was never anyone's business to begin with. In the music video, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen this video, please go onto YouTube right now and um, type in Thank You FMLA, Calvin Joshua. You're sitting on the sofa with a big teddy bear and you're talking about how you don't have to worry about it <laughs> because you're covered. And I am dying. I just think it's brilliant. So when you do parodies, do you have to get approval from, like, did, do you have to call up Ariana Grande and be like, hey, listen, I, I want to make a parody of this song? Listen, if I had Ariana Grande's <laughs> number now, you know, those phone calls would be a little bit different. But no, actually, I just post them. I figure it's, it's a parody. Um, I know that, like, with copyright laws, parodies are treated differently. And so I just post them. And if they take off, I just sit there and go, okay, well, whatever happens, happens. Ariana's people call me up. I'd be like, well, put her on the phone then. Let me talk with her. See if we can do some work together. She would laugh hysterically. Well, you're so talented at <laughs> lyric writing, too. Like, I don't understand why you're a flight attendant, and but you're not writing lyrics for Beyonce. Oh, thank you. I mean, I, I'm flattered. Um, and who knows if, if maybe somebody will come across something I've done and be like, Hey, we want to put you on. I'd be like, let's go. Let's get some, let me write for you. I mean, that's what I've always loved. I've always been a writer. I write stories and I write, I've written, you know, songs and that's something I've done my entire life. I've just been gifted in that. It's one of my strengths and it's what I love. I just never met the right people to actually get a chance to do it at a, you know, bigger, higher paid level, put it that way. You started with parodies, am I correct? With the stuff that I shared, yeah, correct. I was doing parodies, and that's kind of how I went with it. Well, last night when I was stalking you, I found this one that I didn't even know existed. I'm going to play a clip. Oh, my gosh. Don't be scared. I got you. Hold on. <laughs> I didn't even know this existed. Crosscheck, tell me what you think about me. I made it through training in the my own wings. Only on my celly when I'm stalking EDB. And it's all in become my cocktail peeps. Crosscheck. Tell me how you feel about this When they start shrinking bases like Phoenix Want me to retire, but I got medical bills And no little bile's gonna sell this shit Okay, when you talk about the shrinking Phoenix base I have to go to, I literally have to pause Because it's just so perfect The way everything comes together How did this song come to fruition? Oh gosh I, So that one was I believe that was written before the FMLA one So I have a lot of parodies that, that they've never been released 
Um, they've just been written and I've been waiting for a time to just, you know, sit down and record them or, or get into them. Um, but that one in particular, I remember just laughing at the fact that, you know, there's a lot of flight attendants that we know in the industry. They're just, they happen to be more mature, more seasoned. They're and, old. Um, no, you can say it. This is graduate. <laughs> Y'all bitches need to retire. I mean, they're so not we can move leave. up. They're not going to leave. And I don't know. I, like I said, sometimes I don't know where this stuff comes from. It's like there's a little muse and she just starts whispering this nonsense in my ears and I just start laughing and it makes, it just makes sense. It just makes sense. You start writing things down right away. Like, are you in the galley and somebody needs a Coke and you're like, hold on, I got a lyric and I got to write it down. So I probably, like I said, I, I don't know what my facial expressions look like when I'm thinking, but I know I probably look crazy because I'll, I'll be, I've been on the cart before like mumbling words to myself. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, I like this. I like this. And I'm probably like, Oh, the person like, what can I get you to drink? What can I get you to drink? And they're probably just like this nutcase. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm creating and crafting in my brain, but I'm trying to like memorize the stuff so I can run to the galley and type it in my phone before I lose it. You know, I, um, um, I write so many notes yeah. on napkins. Like if something oh, happens, something happens, somebody's like, hi, I'm like, hold on one second. Cause I got to write down what you're wearing. Cause that- <laughs> I have what's called a burn book too. So there's a lot of napkins in my burn book. Um, similar to the name. It's, it's, it's not where I actually burn people, but I always burn notes inside the book. It's a huge, thick, like 500 page book. And in it, I just write all my ideas down. So there's napkins in there. There's loosely papers in there. Sometimes I paper clip or glue them in. And it's where I like go back. If I want to reference something, if the, if the notes are not digitized in my phone. One day you should publish that. It would be weird, but I think I probably will. I mean, yeah. it's a book. I've had this book for since 2013. This is my fourth burn book. I think the other ones were smaller, but this one, I was like, Oh my gosh, this is going to be like, when I go into meetings one day and it's a creative meeting, I'm just going to throw this big old book, thick book on a desk, let's slam and then open it up and go, okay, what ideas are we going to work with today? You know, right. That's you're going to be prepared. And that's, and that's what they're going to want. They're going to want that. You're a prepared writing musician, creative genius. That's what they're going to want. <laughs> I mean, genius is kind of pushing the toe in the line, but I'll take it. I take it. When I compliment you, you should take it. Now, um, let's talk about uh, Jump Seat T, which came out on July 15th in 2019, and explain to the listeners how you and I actually met, quote unquote, visuals, visually through social media. You had sent me a message and said, hey, post this, this tea kettle on your social media and just type in July 15th, 2019. I was like, who is was this? Really, that was so vague, too. I, I don't know what I was on at that time, because... I was just like in, I mean, this sounds, this is going to sound wild, but I was in manic mode. I was in the last stages of trying to get this album ready for release. And I think I was like reaching out to um, colleagues and friends in the industry. And then obviously like I saw that you had had this like massive influence and I was like, Oh my gosh, if this man is willing to share this, maybe this will make something happen. And I was just like, take a risk. All he can say is no F you and then block you. And that's it. You know? So I just was like, I'll just ask him like, you know, and I hadn't even known about your writing at that time. I just knew that you had had a large presence because I'd seen you in, in, um, a vice interview where you were talking about flight attendant life. And I was remember being, I just remember cracking up because you were so raw and real on there. And it was just hilarious. And I was like, this guy has such a huge presence. 
you know, he's got a large following and, you know, that's social media right there. If you get someone to endorse you, it's the Oprah effect. I mean, everyone's like, well, who is that? Why did the person endorse them? So I was like, well, let me reach out to Joe. And I had several people at the same time on the same day post this picture of this small little tea kettle that I found. And it was basically the tagline, get the tea cups ready, right. uh, which was to kind of get people like amped up and excited about the album coming out. How did you come up with the um, album? The album title. So let's explain to listeners who aren't in the airline industry, the jump seat T explain that to them. So jump seat T is kind of like the next generation way of saying galley gossip. So on the jump seat, um, which is basically where the flight attendants sit and buckle in, um, you know, there's a lot of, of information that's shared, a lot of tea that's spilled on the jump seat. So mm-hmm. we're always spilling tea with each other and telling each other all the hot gossip. You can fly with someone that you've never even met because, you know, you never know if you're going to fly with the same person twice. And you'll just start sharing gossip and news and all kinds of craziness with each other. And you're either best friends or worst enemies by the time the flight's over, but you have all this tea that you can share out the next flight that you work. So to me, that was kind of like the concept in titling this album was like, I've got jump seat tea. Like, I've got the gossip, the hot gossip. And it was originally, the album was originally conceived um, for a small group, I'm giving a little quick shout out to the jam, uh, a flight attendant group that I work with a bunch of new hires. And, you know, we, we all have this tea for each other. And so I was like, well, I've got jump CC and I'm going to go ahead and put it in a little album for you all. And so that was kind of like the, the way I was going with it. I love it. What is the craziest tea you've ever gotten while you've been sitting on the, now at your airline, do two flight attendants sit next to each other at all? Or are you guys Sometimes. in separate stuff? It depends sometimes. on the aircraft. What is the, craziest, the what is the craziest tea you can share on Grounded today? The craziest tea I've ever heard is we had a, we lost a hotel in Frankfurt, I believe. It was like our Frankfurt layover hotel a few years back. And I guess there was a flight attendant. I think they call her Boo Boo Kitty. I think <laughs> that's like her nickname. <laughs> um, and the reason why is I guess on a layover that she was on, she used to take her partner with her on these international trips. And during their Frankfurt layover, they would do freaky stuff. And I guess they had called the hotel maintenance people to move rooms. And when maintenance came to check out why they needed their room moved, there was like gas all over the place. On there the was what? What? <laughs> Could you spell there that? S C A T. There was oh, scat. okay. There was fecal you matter. said scat. Uh, listen, I'm sitting like, here trying to pay. The number one rule when you're interviewing someone is pay a complete attention. And when I heard that, I was like, <laughs> Did he just drop scat? So there was scat all over the room, and they needed to change rooms. So they apparently get into some freaky, you know, like all kinds of freaky deaky stuff all kinds of kinky fetish stuff. And that was one of the things that got them off. And so I guess they invited some other stranger to their room. They were having a little party. The walls got painted and then they asked to have the room switched and maintenance was like, Oh no, y'all can't ever stay here. Never again. So we lost that hotel. You know, we're sitting here shocked about scat and there's some pilots listening to this episode going, what? I don't even know what. What's the problem? What's and the they problem? Call, I think that's her nickname. I forget. I'm trying to remember. I think they call her Boo Boo Kitty. Like, that's what they call her. I've never met this flight attendant. Apparently, she's based in, in the same base with me. I've not met her yet. But they say it's like once you meet her, I'm like, I don't know if I want to. I don't know if I want to meet somebody. Put Boo Boo on the wall. I don't know. Maybe she'll throw it in your face in the galley. Oh, then you have to call Ooh. an FMLA for that. Ooh. <laughs> 
And it seems like the tease, usually a sexual story. I was sitting on the jump seat. I was like the B flight attendant, which is the mid cabin flight attendant. And I got strapped in and we were getting ready to um, go down the run. You know, we were getting ready to do our 30 second review, which I have to say, and well, I'm actually going to play a clip later is my favorite song on your album. But we sat there and I looked at her and I smiled and she goes, I have to have, oh, we were actually going to Puerto Rico on a layover and her husband was there. And she just looked at me straight in the face and said, my husband wants to have anal tonight. Do you have any suggestions? Oh my gosh. And I was like smiling at the people in A, B, and C. <laughs> one was one was a wheelchair lady who, you know, she couldn't walk, but you know, she heard everything. And oh, she was staring at me, and I was smirking, and I was like, "Take an Advil and tell me how it works out in the morning." Like, what else am I gonna say? <laughs> then I was sitting next to this girl once who had had sex with the captain and the flight attendant, not together, sir. But on different occasions And she proceeded to call the captain Or was it the FO, I can't remember But she proceeded to call him four inches For the entire trip That was, oh my gosh, that's embarrassing Uh, And then when I'd I'd have to see this Pilot and I would have to think I know you have a four inch dick But I can't mention that (laughs) But I know, and everybody else knows in the back. Now, like I said, 30-second review. I'm going to play a clip of it. This is my favorite song on your album. And I used to go running. I say used to like I just gave it up. for. <laughs> I gave it up for Lent. I gave up exercise. I was raised Catholic. I gave up exercise for Lent. Um, but this is my favorite, and I just love it. I'm going to play a clip. Ladies and gentlemen, this song is incredible. Every 30 seconds I can't stop thinking of you Is nothing about that song that it, I don't want to just throw myself onto the floor and praise how amazing you are. Oh, I'm okay. So I was just in my room dancing too. I was like, what? Yeah, I'm in my chair it. and I can't stop. <laughs> I can't stay still. I can't stay still. I love that song. How did, um, how many write? So when you're writing lyrics, did you write, are you the only writer of that song? Is there somebody else who's involved in your process? So all of the songs on that entire album, every song I write, I typically do myself. I write my, by myself. I do it all by myself. In fact, all of the raps on that album, so there's a lot of guest artists on that album, flight attendants. I wrote all their lyrics as well, except for one person. So one person contributed and he wrote his own lyrics. Okay. Um, for, for me, it's just, it's just a place of expression, um, whether I really believe in what I'm saying or not. And, and when I say that, I mean like, if, even if it's just like, oh, I'm just joking. I'm, I'm playing a character when I'm writing this song or I'm writing this rap or whatever. You know, I'm just, it's just me. I, I, I'm just channeling. I don't know if it's another person. I don't know if it's my own Sasha Fierce or what it is, but it's <laughs> like something else just comes out and I just allow myself to, to craft it. And then I'll turn around and go, whoa, where did that come from? Because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes I do. And then sometimes I'm just like, I don't know where that came from, but it's funny or it's cool or I like it and just rock with it. Do you keep a notepad um, by your bed and do you wake up in the middle of the night and start jotting down things? That doesn't always happen. Um, those like coming up, I've had some lucid dreams where like I was singing the song and I'll wake up and I'm like, dang, that was good. But I couldn't remember exactly what the first lyric was. Um, most times, like I said, I just, if I'm going throughout the day, I hum melodies. So I've been considered annoying by some <laughs> friends. They're like, you sing all the time. And it's like, cause I'm like, I just hear melodies in my head. I'm just walking around and I'm humming or I'm singing out loud. 
And sometimes it's just a refrain. It'll just be like the same lyric over and over again. And then I'll eventually, like I said, find a napkin or a piece of paper, whatever's nearest to me, typically my phone. And I'll just draft it out and go from there. So you started writing parodies. What made you, where was the desire to say, I'm going to write some original music. I want to write my own original music. Has, was it always in your brain or did you just say, wait a minute, that's it. These lyrics, I can make my own music. That's a really good question. Cause jump seat actually got birthed out of this desire to try and monetize or capitalize on the, you know, nominal success, the spread of the FMLA video and um, one of my other parodies. And, one of my friends who was a flight attendant sat me down one day and goes, you know, we were at like, I think we were at a, um, it was like a, a cruise thing, like a little boat river dinner cruise thing that a lot of flight attendants had jumped in on. And he sat down with me and goes, you know, you've got some things, but the, the problem is you're not doing anything with it that extends beyond just giving it away for free. And I was like, he's got a point. So I was like, well, can I monetize the Thank You FMLA song? Can I put like my parodies on like a little EP? And then I thought, well, I have this original song, Nobody Passes, let me throw that on there too. But mm-hmm. then I was like, well, I want to write another song and throw that on there. And then I just started to come up with these songs because I was making the album with this audience in mind, this, this new hire group that I was friends with. And I was like, well, why don't I just go ahead and make this, you know, a couple of these songs and put them together on an album. And like I said, I don't know what switch clicked in me, but I went into full-blown manic mode and I was like, I'm going to give them 15 songs, give me those albums. It's <laughs> like, with the work and I just started churning out song after song after song after song and did you have to find um a producer who created all the music because so you write the lyrics do you have a teammate that does the music or a, so, a, no, col- what I, a collaborator what I I, yeah no I went online and I actually was um looking for beats that I could license because I knew that there are people who make beats and they sell them so I went to like beatstars.com and a couple of other places. Beatstars is mostly where I felt uh, I sourced a lot of the, um, the, the produced beats. And so I licensed pretty much all of them except for one of the tracks, actually two of the tracks. I'm sorry. Uh, one of the tracks I made myself. And then another track, I was following this producer, um, who's based in Germany, Dixie, D I X X Y. And he had this, song that I just loved. It was so melodic and scenty and beautiful and it just sounded kind of ethereal. And mm-hmm. I was like, hey, do you think I can use this on my album? He was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. And I was like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, go ahead and do that. And so, what, what, um, what, what song was that, that actually off the album? The Loose Leaf intro. I just okay. loved how it sounded. It was it's the opening track and um, it just sounded really cool. So I just kind of layered it with a couple of vocals and some other clips that I sourced online. Yeah, just put that one together. Um, speaking of the intro, you do, on your album, you do a lot of um, skits. And it so reminds me, and I don't know how old you are, but it so reminds me of the old Janet Jackson, like her Janet album. She would always have these interludes. And that's the vibe I got from your album. That is hilarious because I just added her Janet album to my uh, library a few days ago. And it's funny you say that because actually I'm a product of I'm born in the 80s. I'm a product of the 90s. And so I remember listening to albums and they would have skits and interludes. And those were some of my favorite parts because to me, a concept album is supposed to feel like a journey from the moment you press play to the moment it ends. And back then, you didn't have this whole um, 
individual singles thing like we do now where you can download one song right. or one track at a time. You listen to an album, even with a CD, even if you were like, I'm going to skip it, you listen to the album from the moment you press play to the moment it ended. And um, until you found your favorite tracks and then you just put those on repeat. And I wanted an album like that. I wanted people to be able to hit play, hear the loose leaf intro, and then go from the beginning all the way to the end. And so the journey that you take, like the little skits are important to me because they kind of tie some of the songs together or some of the moments together. And, and the, the fact that you use the word journey really shows that you're this creative powerhouse because anybody who's a writer, anybody who creates music, comedy, whatever, you want to take the, whoever's going to say, I want to pay attention to you. You think I'm going to take, all right, you're going to pay attention to me and I'm going to take you on this journey. And that's what your album does. Whether you're, a, whether you're a flight attendant, a pilot, a gate agent, or just anybody else, these beats just bring you to life. And, um, I really appreciate that. Thank but, you. It was definitely, it's definitely intentional. And I, I feel as though with creating, with creating anything, and I'm sure you know this as well, like it's all about like, I have an audience here and what's my purpose with them? Cause if I have no purpose with them, then I feel like I'm doing something that's pointless. And I, I usually will refrain sometimes to my own detriment where I'm not creating cause I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to say. So I'm just not going to say anything at all. But then I'm like, no, if I have your attention, what do I want to tell you? And that's what's important. To me. Well, that's how I feel about this podcast. I'm like, nobody cares about me, but if I can get some really interesting people on, well then that's, that's the reason. Cause at first I was like, I'm not going to do a podcast by myself what am I going to just talk? Nobody wants to care about that. But so I had to have a purpose. And my purpose was I'm a nosy bitch. (laughs) So if I can get somebody, if I can get somebody to agree to come on this podcast and I can just, just throw question after question at them, it's going to be great. But yeah, I definitely got the Janet Jackson vibe and the storytelling is incredible. When, um, when you came out, do you find that people, this happens to me all the time and I'm on the fence with it. Do people always ask you, oh, how's the album doing? I have gotten that a few times. I've had people ask, like, you know, people I haven't talked to in a while and, and they saw that I was doing this, they'll catch up with me and ask what's going on. Um, and to be honest, like, it wasn't, it didn't do the, the numbers I expected. Um, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that it's like, what is this? You know, I'm not someone that people know as a music artist. A lot of people actually were shocked that I did this because they didn't know that this was in me. And I'm like, do I not? express myself enough in this way you know um is this something that's hidden away from people and so i think that there was definitely that kind of like grading question like how's the album doing i'm like i mean it's not on billboard top 100 you know it's it's not there but but it definitely had me um it was a good opportunity to kind of reflect and go like what's important to me is it that this album like does what old town road did or that I did something and people reacted to it. I mean, the fact that I got the responses that I got, the positive ones that were there, I was really encouraged. I was like, there's something here. There is definitely something here. And even if it didn't necessarily mean because other people responded positively to it, the work that I put into this, I stretched myself, Joe, in a way I didn't think I could be stretched last year. Well, we're and, not, and, that, this isn't that kind of podcast, sir. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, um, <laughs> Um, <laughs> I apologize. I, oh, man. I agree with you. I agree with you. And the fact that, um, when I first started writing, it's just cause I had a lot to say and I, I didn't expect anything 
to come out of it. I just said, I have a lot to say and let me just start writing. And when I'm on the plane and someone will say, oh, how are the book sales? And I'm like, well, you see me still flinging Diet Coke. So (laughs) I ain't David Sedaris up in here. If I was, I would be in first class and you'd be serving me. Let's go to um, one of your music videos for this song. Are you ready? Okay. You want to ride the plane. You want to go to Las Vegas or London to Tokyo, New York or Rome. You want to drink in the jungles of Patagonia. You're going to have to book it on your own. <laughs> It's just, I'm dancing, I'm laughing. There's so many emotions because we all know in the airline industry what it means when somebody says, do you have a buddy pass? Oh, a cringy question. Um, So how did this song, I want to play it again, but I won't. How did this song come come to mind? Were you, did somebody just ask you one too many times and you were like, stop? So that song, as far as the lyrics go, the beat was made like in 2013. I had just found all these like loops and I made them, I I looped them all together, figured out how I wanted the cadence to go. I wanted a certain type of energy and um, I wanted a dance track. Like I loved, um, I loved uh, electro house. I loved house music and I wanted something that had that same hype energy, but I didn't know any, I had no lyrics to put to it. I had tried so many different lyrics to apply to that. And nothing worked. And then one day it just, the, the lyrics just started tumbling out of my mouth because I was thinking about that, you know, like what's one of the things that all flight attendants can relate to being asked for a buddy pass. I mean, anyone in the industry could, that knows what it's like to be employed for an airline. People always ask me, can I get a buddy pass? Can I get a buddy pass? And they've been asking me that since the day I got hired. You were in and training like, and they were emailing, texting you. I'm telling you the yeah. Facebook messages from people that you don't talk to at all. Like people that you haven't seen, in years, all of a sudden they come out of the woodwork and I'm like, this is kind of not okay. Like I'm all for like supporting and helping and sharing, but my gosh, like y'all, they come to these buddy passes sometimes. I'm like, it's not that deep y'all. It's, and, um, it's like when you said, when we were talking about FMLA and it's like, if you want a million dollars, you, it's like, if you want a million dollars, they're like, hi, yeah, I haven't <laughs> talked to you in 30 years, but do you have a buddy it's pass? Like that, You're like, what? Right, just like that. You can buy a ticket for the cheap now, you know? You can fly on Southwest. I don't know what airline you work for, but you can fly on Southwest for $59. I'm like, it's actually more stressful to fly on a buddy pass. I have friends that live in Florida that are going to come visit in Memorial Day. And I was like, you know, if I give you a buddy pass, they were like, I'm not even going to bother. I'll just buy a ticket. I mean, and it comes to a point when I think, especially now with so many low-cost carriers, like low-budget fares that are out there with Spirit and Frontier and, and Allegiant, you know, it's like there are so many options available for people to travel. You know, it's like you can basically fly Grey, Greyhound in the skies now these days with right. every well, airline, even some of the big ones. So I don't know why people are like kind of hankering for these buddy passes. I'm like, you're just going to be stuck somewhere. That's all it's going to be. You have spend money to get you, stuck. You're going to be stuck in Houston for three days. And, <laughs> um, three days. and I'm not saying, <laughs> and listen, for all my Southwest listeners, I love Southwest. I'm on them all the time. He's the one who said Greyhound in the sky, not me. <laughs> So don't be sending all your nasty messages and your tweets and all that shit. 
saying flight attendant Joe said South. I love Southwest. No, but, no, um, South, you, my, my mother loves her some Southwest. Let me tell you, she listens. She would be like, oh, she she loves Southwest. My mom's been flying Southwest since we were kids. Oh, I love Southwest. So now, um, have you ever flown Spirit? I have actually, and I kind of like it. It's not. I've, it's not as heinous as people make it sound. I've never flown Spirit, um, and I've never flown Allegiant, probably because I want to live. Oh, <laughs> no. But um, do you actually give out buddy passes? Do you have rules? How does that work? So we have buddy passes at my airline. Um, I'll just say that I work for the world's largest airline, and we do have buddy passes. I Did you just throw a- out world's largest airline like you threw out <laughs> SCAT? Listen, we are going for great, okay? We are oh, going for the greatest. No names mentioned, but I know. <laughs> oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got to be PC because you know they might be listening. Oh, um, that's another question I have for after, but go ahead. Uh, they, um, I've had, you know, with the buddy pass situation, I have a few people that I trust to be on my buddy pass because they know the rules. They've done it like the one time that they've done it. They respected the situation. They they've been stuck before, and they had no gripes. They just they learned how to handle it. So it's like the ones that I had. I feel like the ones who've had home training. I'm like I can hook you up. Now if I don't know how your parents raised you, I probably won't be able to slide you a buddy pass because I really don't know how you respond in, in difficult situations. And sometimes traveling on a buddy pass can be difficult. Okay, you know non revving is not the easiest way to travel. You have to have thick skin and a backup plan. And I feel like a lot of times people don't have a backup plan. And then you hear these stories about, you know, buddy passes popping off at the gate agents or on the plane. And right. then somebody's losing their flight benefits because of some knucklehead. Yeah, they're calling you going, they had given me a seat on the plane. I'm like, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I told you, don't check a bag. I told you to have three backup plans. Firstly, I told you not to ask for a buddy pass. I, um, I've been I've been lying for 12 years about buddy. Do you have a buddy pass? You know what? I just gave away my last one. I have like 70. They, they, they like expire because I'm so worried that it, it takes that one person. And I don't think people realize this, that if you act like a fool at the gate because the flight's full and you have to be rolled over, if you start saying, well, I need to be on this flight, you they don't do anything to you. We get a call and then we can't use our benefits and then I'm going to have to come after you. And that's when it's really, I mean, I think that's the part that people have to understand for us. Yes, it is a perk, but it's also a privilege. And just like any other privilege, it can be revoked. And right. that's the last thing I'm gonna let somebody do is mess up either my employment or my benefits. Well, it's, then we it, in the street. And you're right. It's a benefit. I don't let you go use my health insurance to go to the doctor. Cause you got a corn on your foot <laughs> or you got a problem with that hangnail and you used up all that your FMLA. Right. Like, no, like it's a benefit. Like, I personally think that the crew per, the crew people should offer buddy passes. I think that is like if I have a friend coming to visit me and I can offer them a buddy pass, I'll be like, hey, why don't you come visit? I'll give you a buddy pass. But for you to just call up out of the blue and be like, hey, my friends are going to Puerto Vallarta and I wanted to pop down for 12 hours. Do you have a buddy pass? No. Next. And I've gotten that. And it's, you know, it's kind of tough some situations where there, it depends on the person. And I'm like, so I really want to. I want to like not be selfish about this, but I'm like, but this is mine. And it's not about like, I don't care about them or I don't want to offer anything to them, but it is that sense of like, well, what am I getting from you? Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's, what have you done for me lately? Oh, we're going to roll it right. <laughs> oh, I love it when we go right back to something that we talked about before. <laughs> but, um, you know, what have you done for me lately? And those, you know, they just, it's, it's like, I'm not asking for quid pro quo. It's more about like, what's the respect level? Like I would never just ask somebody for something from their job just because they're in a position where they can possibly 
provide that. I don't know if the, you know, we, there's a limited number of buddy passes I get each year and certain people have asked me and I'm like, do you not think that this might be something I would reserve for, you know, one of my siblings who is not my registered companion, but might want to travel on one of my passes or maybe a close relative who might be in need of this or my best friend, for example, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it it just seems like it's interesting to me, the kind of people who come out and just kind of think that like there's this unlimited number of passes and I can just give them to whomever. Well, it's, it's perfect. The way you explain, it's like we won the lottery and they're the family members who live in like the deep South who don't get out much. And then all of a sudden they think they're going to Chicago to go see that big silver bean. (laughs) And I'm like, no. Does your airline know who you are? Do they know that Calvin Joshua creates these funny lyrics and he kind of pokes fun of the airline industry? Do they know who you are? So apparently they do. I know my base manager knows me by name and she and I will laugh and kiki in the office every now and then when I see her in passing. Um, And, you know, there's a couple, I know my managers all know him. I don't know who at like our headquarters might know who I am. I have said before, I'm like, man, it would be kind of dope. Like if I could, create something along with them. Of course, I would want to be compensated accordingly. Thank but it would you. be so much fun to like go and be there knowing that, you know, there are people who see my work that, that I work with. They trust what comes out of my mouth in terms of like if I say something or I share something, they trust the value behind it. It would be so much fun to partner with my airline for information that was internal and songify it in some way, you know, um, oh. to kind of rob that term, but... It would be kind of fun to do that. I wanted something like, what about like if we did our drills like this, or if we, you know, talked about our commands and we sang them, you know, like how cool would that be? You know, kind of be or whatever. Just getting the blessing from them, I think, would be so rewarding. It, it would definitely show that it's like I'm not just a number. I'm not just again. I'm not just someone who they need all hands on deck. And I, and I get it. That's the primary reason I was hired. But just like so many other people in this industry especially with flight attendants, we come, there are so many of us, we get these wings and they're basically like, like superhero masks. Like you will never know who you're flying with. I mean, I have flown with people who come from all different industries. I've flown with, uh, I've flown with a lawyer. Mm -hmm. Um, I have flown with like, you know, top tier nurses. I've flown with, uh, psychologists. I've flown with, uh, I've flown with models. I mean, you never know who you're going to end up flying with. Because these wings, as we go to work and we put these wings on it, we serve our little Cokes and our little pretzels or peanuts, whatever we have as a snack. And, and that's that. That's what the company wants from us, and that's what they expect of us, and that's what they see. But there's so much more talent that goes on behind those wings. And a lot of times I'm just like, why doesn't corporate just find that and, and harness that and utilize that? I think it would really create a much more... Um, enjoyable culture because it shows that they actually recognize us for more than just not that it's, I mean, it's a noble profession, but there's like only so much expression you can give to it. Well, they have and a so, brand. Sorry, I, that's my long way to No, that's there. okay. I actually, I went to the bathroom. <laughs> I went, I, I took a, I took a scat and no, you know, um, I kind of zoned out for a minute only because you said the words all hands on deck. And it reminded me of a manager that I used to have who would say that all the time. And I would be like, bitch, you're saying that from your sofa, eating bonbons and smoking cigarettes. 
<laughs> all hands on deck means get your ass in your uniform that you probably don't fit in anymore and come to work. Oh no. But, um, <laughs> but no, I understand that like you have a more of a chance to collaborate with the, your airline than I would ever be able to collaborate with mine because I just tell dirty dick jokes. And, um, <laughs> but at my airline, they, all of management knows who I am. I mean, at this point, how can you not? And I'm always asked at least once a trip, once, like once I get on the plane, you know, I don't let everyone know. I don't walk around saying, hi, I'm flight attendant Joe. Welcome. You know, I don't do that. I keep it really under, (laughs) I don't have that big of an ego. I try to like, when I get to work, I'm in my uniform, I'm getting paid. I'm not as outrageous. I'm very kind to the passengers. And that's something that happens. Like people will write on Facebook. I want to be a fly on your flight. I bet you're amazing. Actually, I'm boring because if I was as crazy as I am in my books and such, I would not be flight attendant Joe. I'd probably be like, I don't know, 7-Eleven Joe. And that's the same on my end. It's like I, people will be like, wait, you're that guy from the video. And it's like, I really don't want to be that guy from the video right now. <laughs> right. I really just want to come and do my job because that's what I'm here for. Right. And when I get on the plane, I, like I said, it's a noble profession. I take what I do seriously. You know, I'm focused on safety. I'm focused on security. Like I, anything I do, I want to give a hundred percent to that thing. And so when I'm on the plane, that's hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. It's like, even when I'm creating in my head and that's still like important in my mind, I'm still working. I'm still on alert. I'm still, you know, those things take precedent first and foremost right. for the obvious, you know, for the obvious reasons that any flight attendant would understand, like you're in a role and granted, we're not like at a level 10 every time, but there's just that sense of like, Hey, I'm responsible for my captain. I'm responsible for the people I work with passengers, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. So I do a good right. job. I go to work, do what I got to do. I'm not always present and I'm not always fun. Like there are days when I'm just like, I want to just, you know, throw the baby out the window. That baby won't stop crying. You know, like I've become, like I've become a slam clicker. Do you, you know what that term is? Right. For oh. people who aren't in the industry, slam clicker means a flight attendant who gets to the hotel and you don't see them again until van time. They, they don't want to be bothered with you. And you know, after 12 years, I know right away, right at the briefing at the gate, I know, Oh, I don't like this one. <laughs> so when and she, I'm a slam clicker by nature, because I just, I like to protect that space after, you know, when you pour out a lot in the daytime, right? you kind of want to like protect that and, and get back to your peace. And for me, that's a huge thing as a creative. I'm like, I, it sounds a little cockier and maybe it sounds a little conceited, but I own that for myself. I'm like, no, I, I have to protect that, that space or else I will burn out very quickly. Oh yeah. Like, I just spent 10 hours with, you know, you, I just spent 10 hours with you, Mary Jane on an airplane. I don't want to spend three more hours with you seeing you with your hair down acting like a hoe because the two pilots are coming out with us. Like, I don't need to see that. I don't want to see that. With my airline, they know who I am. They don't really give me a hard time. But a lot of crew members, a lot of the flight attendants on the plane will say to me, how are you not fired yet? That's what I get all the time. I get that all the time. Actually, one of my best friends will text me and say, I don't know how you're not fired yet. That's not okay. And I say, well, because I keep a backlog of all you crazy bitches who actually put the airline you work with on Facebook and talk about everything. So if they ever do call me in the office and say, we know who you are, we need your ID. First of all, they're going to have to catch me. (laughs) 
But second of all, I'm going to be like, hold on, y'all cute. But let me pull up all these people because I will throw everybody into the into the engine. I don't care. I'll be like, hold up, so-and-so, they just called you a stupid bitch. A so-and-so, oh, they complained about cruise scheduling right there on Facebook. So, oh, man. Because I'm ready. Because I'm ready. I'm waiting. I'm waiting to be called in. But I've been waiting a long time. I'm waiting for that email. Can you please come in the next time before your trip? Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) Briefcase and everything. But I'm coming in with my lawyer. I don't have a lawyer. Um, all right. I smuggled one. Let me get you the number, okay? What? All right. Well, th- th- you know what? Before we wrap this up, you are amazing, and I think you're wonderful. And I can't, I can't compliment you enough. But let's play a little game. It's called Let's Get Grounded, and I'm going to ask oh, you a yeah. question, and okay. um, I want you to answer it honestly. Okay? It's not that bad. Oh, it's, man. it's not. No, no. Nervous. Don't worry. I save the sexual questions for other people. <laughs> I already talked about your eight pack. Um, but you're the but you're the one who brought up scat, which it's only episode two, Calvin. Oh man, we already brought up scat in episode two. I'm excited for what's to come. Okay, so you're flying. Think of yourself as Amelia Earhart. No, no, Amelia Joshua. You are Amelia Joshua, and you are flying through the sky. And boop, you're stranded on an island. What music do you have with you that you can listen to forever? Oh my gosh, I go through so many different things. Uh, I could probably listen to Solange's "When I Get Home" album over and over and over. Did you say Solange? I'm to right now, mm-hmm. my husband loves her. He may love she's her amazing. more than Beyonce. I think she's a she's she's at the core an artist. Like she is, in a way, ethereal. She's angelic, and there's just something wild about her that I like, and I, I vibe with that. I love it. Thank you so much. So let everyone know where they can find you, where they can find your music, where they can stalk you on Instagram like I did. <laughs> I'm on Instagram at CJ Realness, R-E-A-L-N-E-S-S. And if you want to listen to the Jump Seat album, you can either purchase it on iTunes or you can stream it on Spotify and Apple Music, Google Play, and all the other streaming outlets. It's also available on YouTube where some of the other music videos are found. Also under Calvin Joshua. And CalvinJoshua.com. Check out his website. Yeah. Thank you so much, Calvin. You are amazing, and I can't wait for your Thank second you. album. You better start working Thank on it. Thank you so much. I'm trying. All right. Thank you. All Thank right. you so much. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, if you enjoyed this week's episode of Grounded with Flight Attendant Joe, please subscribe to the podcast. You'll get alerts when new episodes air. Also, check out Flight Attendant Joe on Facebook and Instagram. And if you still haven't had enough of me, (laughs) check out the blog at www.flightattendantjoe.com.